perfect. In every aspect of the game, you drop a pass, you run a mile. You miss a blocking assignment, you run a mile. You fumble the football, and I will break my foot off in your John Brown hind parts. And then you will run a mile. Perfection. Let's go to work. My goodness, what a week to the NFL start of week one. If you saw some of these games coming, then I want you to tell me what the next lottery numbers are going to be because I'm going to cash it in. Welcome to the next episode of Double Down with Dad. I'm your host, Zach Woodzel, and today I know it's Tuesday night. By the time some of you listen to this, it's going to be Wednesday. So what I want to do today is uh, review week one really quickly. You know, we'll go game by game, give you a breakdown of the games that I did see, go over the box scores of the games that I didn't see, and then hopefully I can upload another episode where we go into week two. So let's jump right into it, reviewing week one of the NFL. Okay, I want to start off by telling you a couple teams And you think in your mind, of course you know now because it's after week one. But if you were to tell me that the Indianapolis Colts, the New Orleans Saints, the Denver Broncos, and the Green Bay Packers would not cover their opening week one point spreads, that's just that's crazy to me. So my record for week one, if you if you listened to the last episode or if you saw on social media, I gave my points against the spread predictions, and my record right now I'm sitting at seven and nine. Not that great. If I was sitting, if I was going just based off of record, I think I would be eight and eight. Um, my lock of the week was the Indianapolis Colts. Probably the letdown of the week, maybe. They had a seven-point spread. They ended up tying their game. Uh, my upset special of the week, I had the Jacksonville Jags. They were right there. They didn't win it. So, I mean, it's it's still a, a loss for me. It still doesn't count. But it's like I was telling somebody else, it, an upset is an upset. You know, it's not supposed to happen. If it does, great. But if not, it's whatever. Um, so let's go. let's go ahead and start week one with the Buffalo Bills and the Los Angeles Rams. Not quite the game that everybody thought it was going to be. If you did watch it, I don't know how anybody, just going off of week one, you know, this is going to be a way too early kind of, of section. But looking at the Buffalo Bills, I don't see anybody in the NFL that's going to be able to keep up with them. I mean, they absolutely crushed it. Uh, Josh Allen finished the night with 297 yards. Three touchdowns. He did throw the two picks. Matthew Stafford went back to being the Matthew Stafford from the uh, Lions days. He finished with 240 yards, three interceptions. The play of the game, if you're watching it, Josh Allen rolls out to the left. Linebacker comes in to tackle him. He puts his hand on the guy's ear hole and absolutely shoves him into the ground. Fantastic, fantastic catch. uh, Catch. Fantastic run for him. I'm telling you, Buffalo's going to be hard to be out. Um, Nobody to really talk about on the rushing end. Stephon Diggs had eight catches on nine targets for 122 yards. And, of course, for the Rams, you have Cooper Cup 
finishing with 13 catches on 15 targets for 128 yards. Uh, we're just going to go in time. So we're going to go to the 1 o'clock slot, then the 4 o'clock slot. So next we have the Browns beating my Panthers 26-24 um, on a last-second field goal on the um, Baker-Mayfield revenge game. Jacoby Brissett finishes with 147 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Baker finishes with 235 yards, one touchdown, one interception. To me, the story of this game was the split rushing for Cleveland. Yes, Nick Chubb did have 22 carries for 141 yards. Kareem Hunt did get 11 touches for 46. Christian McCaffrey only got 10 rushes for Carolina, finishing with 33 yards. Um, receiving nobody really for Cleveland that stuck out. Robbie Anderson did have the long 75-yard touchdown. He finished with five catches for 102 yards on eight targets. And again, Christian McCaffrey only had four four catches. So what is going on in Cleveland, and in, in especially in Carolina, what's going on with Christian McCaffrey? Not sure if they're trying to ease him back into it. I'm not sure what the deal is. I, that game wasn't televised for me, so I didn't get to watch it. Um, very questionable. Next, we have the Commanders and the Jags. It was a good game. Again, in you know, my uncle and I had a long discussion about it. I even included our fantasy league in it. You cannot trust Carson Wentz. You just can't. He finished uh, 27 completions, 313 yards. He did have four touchdowns, did throw two interceptions. The one interception was, was crazy. He went to throw a halfback screen, threw it right to Trayvon Walker. Not sure how he didn't see him. I just don't trust Carson Wentz. Trevor Lawrence finished uh, 24 for 42, 275 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The rushing, the rushing game, Travis Etienne didn't really get involved as much as I thought he would. He only had four carries compared to James Robinson's 11 carries uh, for Washington. Antonio Gibson definitely lived that, led that backfield with 14 carries with 58 yards. Catching the ball, Christian Kirk for Jacksonville did have 12 targets. So if you have him in the fantasy, definitely something to keep an eye on. Christian Kirk, six catches, 117 yards. Um, Zay Jones finished with six carries on nine targets for 65 yards. For Washington, to me, it was all about Curtis Samuel. Yes, Terry McLaurin did have two catches for 58 yards in the touchdown. But the one catch was for 49 yards. So without that long touchdown catch, forget that catch. He had one catch for nine yards. Jahan Dotson. Yes, I understand he's a great guy coming out of pit. He had three catches for 40 yards and two touchdowns. One of them was a 24-yard touchdown. So you take away the two touchdowns, and he has one catch. So Washington, you can't – to me, you, you can't trust them. Um, they had a couple times in the game where they could have – I mean, it's always woulda, coulda, shoulda. But Washington comes up short on the last-second touchdown to Jahan Dotson. Congratulations, Commanders, for messing up my upset special. Saints and Falcons. Atlanta fans, you have got to be tired of giving up the lead in games. 
New Orleans scores 17 points in the fourth quarter and comes back and beats you. Jameis Winston, 269 yards, two touchdowns. Marcus Mariota, 215 yards um, with no touchdowns. On the ground, it was interesting. Alvin Kamara only had nine carries for 39 yards. Nothing nothing really to, to toot at, but if you're if you're behind in the game, it's kind of hard to run the ball. For Atlanta, Cordero Patterson had 22 rushes for 120 yards in a touchdown. My uncle was was really mad at me because I told him to bench him because Cordero Patterson never really does much. Uh, in the receiving game, Jarvis Landry, seven catches on nine targets for the, for the Saints, 114 yards. Michael Thomas, five catches on eight targets for 57 yards. He did have the two touchdowns, so good to see for Michael Thomas. For the Falcons... Where in the world is Kyle Pitts? He had two catches for 19 yards and no touchdowns on seven. He did have seven targets. So he tied Drake London on the team for the most targets. Drake London have had five catches for seven on seven targets for 74 yards. Other than that, I mean, I, I'm not sure what's going on in Atlanta. I, I said you were going to be one of the worst teams in football this year. You had a chance to win it. But Falcons being the Falcons, they completely messed that up. Trey Lance. What is going on? So it was an absolute hurricane in Chicago. Let's, let's throw that in there before I give you these stats. Trey Lance, 13 for 28, 164 yards, one interception. QBR of 43. Justin Fields, 8 of 17, 121, did have two touchdowns, one interception. Rushing, wonder who led San Francisco in rushing. Oh, wait, it was Trey Lance, 13 carries for 54 yards. The next leading rusher was Debo Samuel for eight catches and 52 yards. Elijah Mitchell left left the game with an injury. They said he was going to be out probably three months, I think with a – I'm not sure if it was a torn ACL or a sprained uh, MCL, ACL. So Elijah Mitchell is going to be out for a while. For Chicago, it was really David Montgomery had 17 carries for 26 yards. Justin Fields, 11 carries for 28 yards. Khalil Herbert, 9 carries for 45 yards. Kind of a split thing there. No um, Kittle for the 49ers. So the leading targeted man was Debo Samuel, and he only had two catches for 14 yards for Chicago. Uh, David Montgomery was targeted the most, three catches on four targets for 24 yards. Dante Pettis had the one long touchdown catch for 51 yards. Not a lot to talk about there in Chicago. They surprised a lot of people. Trey Lance, you're 0-1. Next time you have to step up. The game of the kickers, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. What in the world is going on with Joe Burrow? Finished the game 33 of 53, 338 yards, two touchdowns, four interceptions, lost fumble. Mitch Trubisky finished the game 21 of 38, 194 yards and a touchdown. Rushing the ball, Najee Harris finished with 10 carries for 23 yards. Not the Najee Harris we're used to seeing. Cincinnati. 
Joe Mixon was the clear RB1 in that back. 20, 27 carries, 82 yards, no touchdowns. Receiving the ball, here's breaking news into Double Down with Dad. Jamar Chase is an absolute animal. 10 catches on 16 targets for 129 yards and a touchdown. The next leading targeted man was Joe Mixon, the running back. Both of which my brother has in fantasy. Don't know how that happened, but seven carry, seven catches on nine targets for 63 yards. Uh, for Pittsburgh, the most targeted man was Deontay Johnson, so that's good to see for him for fantasy owners. Seven catches on 12 targets for 55 yards. The next targeted man was Pat Fryermuth, the tight end. Five catches on 10 targets for 75 yards. The kicking game, ooh, everybody had a chance to win it. Nobody really wanted to win it. McPherson finished two for three, and Boswell finished three for four. So, again, Pittsburgh surprised people. You know, I, I have them fin- still have them finishing under 500, but you go into Cincinnati and you take game one, that's a good good look for Pittsburgh to start out the season. Next, we go to Philadelphia. People, I'm telling you, Detroit is on the up and up. I'm not saying they're going to win the division, but I'm telling you they are going to be a harder out this year than what people think. They scored 14 points in the fourth quarter and made Philly fans really hold their breath. But Jalen Hurts really showed up. 18 completions, 243 yards, but no passing touchdowns. For uh, Detroit, Jared Goff finished 21 completions, 215 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Rushing, my man DeAndre Swift absolutely showed up. 15 carries, 144 yards with a touchdown. It was a little troubling, though, because Jamal Williams did get some of the goal line carries, so he finished with 11 carries for 28 yards and two touchdowns. That really hindered Swift's fantasy points there. Rushing the ball, Jalen Hurts had 17 carries. Not sure if that was by design. Again, that was not a regional game for me. So I didn't get to see... If he was scrambling, but 17 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. Miles Sanders, 13 carries, 96 yards and a touchdown. Good to see for Miles Sanders. Receiving the ball. A.J. Brown is getting involved quick, fast, and in a hurry. If you take the next three targeted receivers below A.J. Brown, they still don't equal his targets. 10 catches on 13 targets, 155 yards, no touchdowns. The next targeted wide receiver was a three-way tie between Gallistardt, Keith Gainwell, the running back, and Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith went zero catches on four targets for zero yards. A little troubling there for Devontae Smith, the clear number two in Philly. For Detroit, a man, Amon Ross St. Brown. Again, I have him in fantasy. I think he had a great first year. Going to have a great second year. Eight catches on 12 targets, 64 yards, and a touchdown. The next targeted wide receiver was DJ Chark for four catches on 52, four catches on eight targets for 52 yards. Detroit's going to be tough. They're going to be tough. They're definitely finishing third in that division. Um, not saying they're going to, you know, be the next Super Bowl winner, but if you're playing the Lions 
it's going to be a tougher out than what people think. I'm not going to vote against them very many times on the spread. I did this time, and I lost it because it was a four-point spread, I believe, and Philly only had, it was, it was a four-point spread, and Philly only won by three. So, again, if you're a betting man, do not bet against the Lions on the spread. Next game, the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. I'm telling you, they're not going to be very good this year. Mac Jones, 21 of 30, 213 yards, touchdown and interception. For Miami, Tua was 23 of 33 for 270 and a touchdown. Rushing the ball, Chase Edmonds was your clear number one in Miami with 15 carries for 25 yards. For New England, it was a 50-50 split between Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. Both had a... um, Damian Harris had nine carries. Demondre Stevenson had eight and 48 yards and 25, respectively. So nothing nothing to really speak about. Receiving for New England, it's going to be by committee. Don't add anybody for a New England receiver if you can in fantasy. For Miami, Tyreek Hill. Again, if you add up the next three targeted wide receivers, he has the most than the next three people combined. Tyreek Hill, eight catches on 12 targets. 94 yards, no touchdowns. Jalen Waddle was the next targeted receiver. Four catches on five targets for 69 yards and a touchdown in Miami. So Miami finishes 1-0. New England, I think you're in for a long, long season. You better buckle up because it's going to be a rough one there in New England. The next game, the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, some of these games, yes, Baltimore did win by 15 points. But to me, they should have beat the Jets pretty handily. Lamar Jackson, 17 of 30, 213. He did have three touchdown passes and one interception. He did have that one long 55-yard bomb. So without that 55-yard touchdown, Lamar Jackson doesn't have that many yards. Um, Rushing the ball. Michael Carter for New York, 10 carries of 60 yards. Brees Hall, who was my vote for Rookie of the Year, is kind of easing into it. Six carries for only 23 yards. For Baltimore, Kenyon Drake, 11 carries for 31 yards. Lamar Jackson, six carries, 17 yards. Receiving the ball for the Jets. And here's where Brees Hall is going to come in. He was the most targeted receiver. Now, Joe Flacco did throw the ball 59 times. So when you look at some of these targets, Brees Hall targeted 10 times. Michael Carter, the running back, targeted 9 times. Corey Davis targeted 9 times. Garrett Wilson targeted 8 times. Some of these guys got targets not because they were that open or not because they should have, but simply because Joe Flacco threw the ball 60 times. Brees Hall was the most targeted wide receiver, finished with six carries on uh, 10 targets for 38 yards. However, Corey Davis had their most yards with six carries on nine targets for 77 yards. I was looking to see how my guy Sauce Gardner did. He only had two tackles. I was hoping maybe he had the interception on Lamar Jackson, but that was not the case. If you're the Colts, how do you 
go into halftime losing 10 to 3, go into the fourth quarter losing 20 to 3, and turn around and score 17 points in the fourth quarter only to lose the game. You have Jonathan freaking Taylor, the best running back in the NFL. I don't care what you have to do. There is no way that you tie this Houston Texans team. Matt Ryan, 32 for 50, 352, one touchdown, one interception. Davis Mills, 23 of 37 for 240, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Carrying the ball. Jonathan Taylor, absolute monster. 31 carries, 161 yards, and a touchdown. For Houston, a little bit more surprising, Rex Burkhead and Damian Pierce. They did, Rex Burkhead did outcarry Damian Pierce. Rex had 14 carries for 40 yards. Damian Pierce had 11 carries for 33 yards. And this game wasn't televised, but I was listening to a podcast with uh, Field Yates, and if you guys don't listen to it, I highly recommend it. Let me pull it up here really quick. It's called ESPN uh, Fantasy Focus Football. They basically do what I'm doing. They're breaking down every game, telling you fantasy locks, all that good stuff. Go check them out. Rex Burkhead had all the carries that mattered. So I'm not sure what the deal is with Damian Pierce, who they were really high on. Something to keep an eye on there in Houston. Uh, For Indianapolis... Michael Pittman had the most targets, had the most yards, had the most receptions. Six catches, 13 targets for 121 yards and a touchdown. Naheem Hines had the next most catches, six catches on six targets for 50 yards. Jonathan Taylor only had four catches on seven targets for 14 yards. Receiving the ball. Brandon Cooks had the most targets, seven catches, seven catches on 12 targets for 82 yards and no touchdown. O.J. Howard... A lot of people are going to look at him and look at his fantasy score and say, oh, my gosh, I need to go add this guy. He had two catches for 38 yards and two touchdowns. Yes, he did get the two touchdowns. However, he was only targeted twice. So it's a lot to do about nothing, I think the saying goes. Rodrigo Blankenship, at the time of this uh, podcast, the Colts come out and saying they're (laughs) cutting Rodrigo Blankenship for the missed field goal. Um Evidently that this loss they're blaming solely on Rodrigo Blankenship. Don't know how you can do that, but they're cutting him, so good riddance, Rodrigo. Next game, probably a shocking game for a lot of people. The New York Giants go into Tennessee and beat the Tennessee Titans. Now, I can't say I told you so because I did not call this game. However, I can say... Then I told you Tennessee was on its way down, and it's faster than what people thought. Daniel Jones, 17 of 21 for 188 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Total QBR of 25.8. Ryan Tannehill, 20 of 30 for 266, two touchdowns, no interceptions, QBR of 65. Here's where I messed up on fantasy, people. I have Travis Etienne and I have Saquon Barkley. So I'm looking at this and and I say, you know what? They're both coming off of injury. So that kind of washes it out. They both are on the Jaguars are definitely in a in a 
better offensive position. So that's what led me to put in Travis Etienne over Saquon Barkley. And as I'm watching this game unfold and as I'm watching his stats go up and up and up, I can only say, Saquon, I am so sorry that I ever doubted you. You're going back in next week and I'm not taking you out. Saquon Barkley finished with 18 carries, 164 yards, and one touchdown. That's almost nine yards. That is nine yards per carry. So welcome back, Saquon. You were an absolute monster. You carried that team. On the other side, Derrick Henry, 21 carries for 82 yards, but no touchdowns. Receiving the ball. The most targeted man in New York, Saquon Barkley. He had six catches on seven targets for 30 yards. Sterling Shepard, two catches for 71 yards on four targets and the touchdown. He had a 65-yard touchdown pass. So other than that, kind of irrelevant. Receiving for Tennessee, it was really a receiving by committee. Kyle Phillips, for those of you that want to know, was the most targeted man in Tennessee with six catches on nine targets for 66 yards and no touchdowns. Dontrell Hilliard had three catches on four targets for 61 yards and the two touchdowns. So really interesting there. They're saying that uh, the Giants head coach, I can't, I forgot the player that said it, but they said he's going to need a wheelbarrow for the cojones that this man had in this game. So Brian Dable, congratulations on winning your first first game. The next game, really – and if if you were watching the four o'clock game with the Green Bay Packers and the Minnesota Vikings, Minnesota drives down, kicks a field goal. The next play, Aaron Rodgers, play action pass, a rookie. I think it was Christian Watson. I think goes out on an out and up, absolutely torches Patrick Peterson. This man could have walked into the end zone, and it goes right between his arms. And if you could have seen the look that Aaron Rodgers gave to the camera as he looked to the sideline after that drop pass, he looked at them and they said, really, this is what you're giving me. You let Devontae Adams walk, and this is what you're giving me. Somebody that drops wide open passes on the first play of the game. Aaron Rodgers, I am truly, truly sorry. He finished 22 of 34, 195 yards and an interception. I have him in fantasy. Believe me, his butt is hitting the bench after I saw these wide receivers for Green Bay. Minnesota, Mr. You-Like-That Kirk Cousins, finished 23 of 32 for 277, two touchdowns. Rushing the ball, A.J. Dillon had the most carries for Green Bay, 10 carries compared to Aaron Jones's five. However, Aaron Jones did get their um, – got the same amount of yards he had five carries for 49 yards where A.J. Dillon it took him 10 carries to get to 45 yards Minnesota Dalvin Cook led the Minnesota Vikings 20 carries 90 yards no touchdowns receiving it was really receiving by committee there in Green Bay but the most targeted man and the man with the most receiving yards was a running back their second string running back by the way A.J. Dillon five catches six targets 46 yards and no touchdowns Romeo Dubes, the uh, rookie, he showed some promise. Four catches on five targets, 37 yards. Oh, hold on. We have breaking news into Double Down with Dad. Yes, okay, I understand. Justin Jefferson is 
a freak of nature. For those of you that did not know, Justin Jefferson, Mr. Gritty himself, nine catches on 11 targets, 184 yards, and two touchdowns. When I had my number one pick overall, and I've talked about it in the, in the episode before, I really thought about taking Justin Jefferson number one. I didn't. Guess who got him? My brother. So, turned out to be a great pick. Um, the next highest targeted man in Minnesota was Dalvin Cook, the running back. He had three, ca- three catches on five targets. The next targeted wide receiver was Adam Thielen, three catches with four targets for 36 yards. So, Green Bay, it's going to be th- – th- my thing is, can these rookies perform and can they, can they help Aaron Rodgers out? I don't know that they can. I, Minnesota looked really good. They may end up winning that division. Call me crazy, but Minnesota may end up winning that division. Chiefs and Cardinals, I'm not going to spend too much time here. Um, Patrick Mahomes, still a freak of nature. Um, 30 for 39, 360 yards, five touchdowns. Isaiah Pacheco led the Kansas City background backfield with 12 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Arizona, Kyler Murray finished 22 of 34 for 193 and two touchdowns. Uh, rushing the ball, Arizona, James Conner had the most carries, 10 catches, 10 carries for 26 yards in the touchdown. Receiving, Arizona's receiving is really going to struggle until Nuke gets back in week five. Kansas City, Travis Kelsey had eight catches on nine targets for 122 yards. Juju Smith-Schuster is a clear number two there in Kansas City with six catches on eight targets for 79 yards. Arizona, um, Greg Dortch, I think he's a tight end, maybe. Uh, I'm not too sure about Arizona. Greg Dortch had the most targets, seven catches on nine targets for 63 yards. Marquise Brown and Zach Ertz had the touchdown catches in Arizona. Uh, Kansas City game, or sorry, the Chargers game. I'm not sure what was more interesting. The fact that the Chargers had that big of a lead or if they let Las Vegas catch up. Something to keep an eye on. I told you the Raiders... Are gonna the Raiders are gonna be a top five offense, but Derek Carr did not make it look that way this time. Derek Carr twenty two for thirty seven, two ninety five, two touchdowns. He did have three interceptions. Justin Herbert twenty six of thirty four, two seventy nine yardage and three touchdowns. Rushing the ball, Josh Jacobs had ten carries for fifty seven yards. Austin Eckler had fourteen carries, thirty six yards, no touchdowns. Receiving Devontae Adams. He had more receiving yards than all of the Green Bay wide receivers added up. I'm sure by the time you listen to this podcast, you would have heard that. But that stat goes to show you that you can't replace somebody like that and just expect everything to be okay. 10 catches, 141 yards, a touchdown on 17 targets. In uh, For Los Angeles, Keenan Allen left the game with a hamstring injury. They said he's probably not going to play on Thursday night when they play Kansas City because they're playing in a short week. Um, Herbert spread the ball around. Ken Allen, four targets. DeAndre Carter, four targets. All of these guys had four targets. Uh, Gerald Everett, Austin Eckler, Trey McKitty, Mike Williams, Joshua Palmer. All of those guys had four targets. 
I think it's a little bit questionable. Mike Williams only had two catches for 10 yards. Just something to keep an eye on there if you're a Mike Williams fan. The next game. Oh, boy, how about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys, baby? Now the Cowboys just have an excuse as to why they're going to suck that bad. If you watched before Dak went out, this team looked terrible. They looked absolutely terrible. Tom Brady looked like an absolute stud at the age of 45. He finished 18 of 27, 212 yards, touchdown and a pick. Dak finished 14 of 29, 134 yards, and no touchdowns, but a pick. Leonard Fournette, the clear rusher in Tampa, 21 carries, 127 yards and no touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott did have 10 carries for 52 yards in comparison to Tony Pollard, who only had six carries for eight yards receiving the ball. Uh, Mike Williams was the most targeted, five catches on seven targets for 71 yards. Old man Julio Jones did have three catches for 69 yards. For Dallas, I'm not sure who's going to be it for you. CeeDee Lamb has to be it, but he only had two catches on 11 targets for 29 yards. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I'm sure a lot of people are saying maybe Dalton Schultz. He had seven catches for 62 yards. I'm not sure what the answer is in Dallas. Be prepared to finish last in that division. And the last game is where I want to spend just a second. Seattle in Broncos country. Let's ride. If you watched that game last night, they gave... Russell Wilson, absolute crap the entire game, and it was fantastic. Russell Wilson finished 29 of 42, 340 yards and a touchdown. Geno Smith, 23 of 28, 195 yards and two touchdowns. Rushing, Melvin Gordon finished with 12 carries for 58 yards. Rashad Penny, 12 12 carries for 60 yards. Um... D.K. Metcalf was the most targeted man for Seattle. Seven catches, 36 yards, and seven targets. For Denver, uh, it was all about Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy had four catches on seven targets for 102 yards. Javante Williams, the running back, was the most targeted man. 11 catches on 12 targets for 65 yards. Now, if you give a man $254 million, A, Are you going to give your running back two carries inside the five-yard line and let him fumble twice? B, let's break down this last minute of gameplay, which, again, I'm sure by now, if you have watched any kind of sports center or listened to any kind of sports talk, you've already heard them talk about it. But I want to give it to you from my perspective. Okay, you're paying somebody $254 million. They get the ball to the 42 or 43-yard line. Would have been, I think it was a 62-yard field goal. You get the ball there with a minute left. Three timeouts. Okay, everybody in the world thinking, call a timeout. You have time to run another play, get another timeout. Fourth down. They say, no, you know what? We're going to let the clock run all the way down. Are you kidding me? Then to make matters worse, they call a timeout, kick a field goal. Missed the field goal, by the way. Then, after that, there's only a couple seconds left, and the coach from Denver decides that he's going to call timeouts when all they have to do is kneel the ball. 
So you don't want to call your timeouts when your team has a chance. You don't want to call the timeouts when your team is close enough for for Russell Wilson to improvise, get the ball to Javante Williams or, or Jerry Judy and get you a shorter field goal, you want to trust a 62-yard field goal in a stadium where Seattle has been giving you absolute crap the entire game, and then you want to waste your time calling timeouts when all the other team has to do is kneel the ball? You should be absolutely, absolutely disgraced. And then the head coach, Mr. Hackett, comes out today and says, you know what? Looking at it in hindsight, looking at it 2020, we probably should have gone for it. No dip, Sherlock. Are you kidding me? Like, you have to be insane to think that your field goal kicker is going to make that 62 or 64-yard field goal when you have timeouts left and a man that you just paid $254 million to. What an ending to Monday Night Football. I'm telling you guys, you know, when I first started, I was thinking about doing this podcast. I was like, you know, how hard can it be? How how much can it, how much can it really take to, to, you know, make this podcast and record it and break the games down and look at stats and everything? And it's time consuming, you know, and, you know, I do everything with my phone and right now my wife's away on a trip and my mom and dad are actually watching the baby. So shout out to them for giving me just a little bit of a break today. She's been teething. So she's been up and down at different times. And so I really appreciate them giving me some time. So I wanted to take this time to create an episode for you guys, but, uh, that is the end of episode of, uh, the episode where we break down week one. I'm hoping that between tomorrow and beginning of Thursday, I can get a new episode out before Thursday night football where we break down week two. Um, I give you my points against the spread. I give you my predictions. And and next week, I'm going to introduce a section that's in the Field Yates podcast that he has, and it's called Who Crushed It and Who Flushed It. So who are people that absolutely killed their games, who had the great – stats and who was a breakout player and who's somebody that just absolutely just stunk it up so with that guys i want to say thanks for listening again you guys have been awesome giving me some attention and giving me some listens on on social media um we're going to be available on the apple podcast on spotify and on the anchor platform we also have a facebook page um called double down with dad it's a little piggy bank with the coin just the same as it is for the podcast um but thank you for listening and maybe tune in tomorrow or thursday for week number two previews until then i love you jesus loves you y'all have a great day